and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff Heisner, and for today's podcast, Michigan District President Dave Davis and our own Rob Casper talk about church governance. This is part one of a three-part series for churches of all different sizes. Welcome to a conversation about church governance and right sizing. My name's Dave Davis. I'm serving as our district president here in the Michigan District, and joining me is good friend Rob Casper. He serves as the director of leadership development. And he's got a lot of experience with congregations of all sizes and uh, different governance models. And he and I have had a recent conversation with another friend, Jim Galvin, to talk about this. And uh, we wanted to share our uh, experience, our thoughts, our understanding with the congregations of the Michigan District, uh, thinking about church governance, especially in a time of decline. I mean, there's no secret Lots of our congregations are smaller than they once were. How does that impact church governance? How does that impact uh, decision-making, organization? Uh, for a long time, we've been pushing in the district. I know I've been an advocate of uh, policy-based governance for a substitute of what used to be known as the Abdin model. And uh, I thought and maybe neither of those fit anymore. But just as we get started, I uh, Rob... Would you share some uh, ideas or thoughts about uh, those two kinds of governance, policy-based and the Abdin model? Thanks for doing this, by the way. Yeah, thank you for uh, for the opportunity to visit with you about this. I know it's been a, a concern uh, for, for many of our congregations that uh, our uh, district facilitators have been working with uh, congregations in the last uh, years. Uh, I know I experienced that when I was serving as a facilitator also, and, and how do we how do we help congregations make great decisions about uh, about governance? About uh, how do we make decisions within the congregation when things are changing? Uh, but with regard to policy based, that's really a a, a congregation that says uh, we have a great staff and we're going to uh, align ourselves with uh, this is what we believe, this is what we uh, teach and confess. So our constitution is about our identity. Uh, who we are as Lutheran Christians, and then our our bylaws or our policies uh, simply then say, okay, we're empowering our lead staff, in particular our senior pastor, uh, to be uh, that take care of day-to-day -day operations. Uh, so, so we're not going to have our lay leaders uh, get into the into the mix of what happens from day-to-day -day, you know, decisions, but we're going to say, okay. We're going to have a, a set of policies and then empower our senior pastor working with his staff to carry out those policies and those values and stay within uh, the boundaries given to him, the limitations policies of the senior pastor. So that's policy-based governance. Abdin is, is what I've inherited, you know, when I was working in, in uh, my first congregations. And, and really up until I, I left the parish and came to the district office, the, the Abdin model is a series of boards that each have a chairman and they're all elected. And these chairpersons uh, are represented then on a planning council and the planning council just kind of, uh, you know, what that has really no, no power except to enable, <clears throat> enable the, uh, um, to direct the traffic, I guess, uh, so yeah. that they plan together and don't step over each other. Um, 
And that requires, I know my last congregation, we had like 120 elected people. <laughs> well, in a smaller congregation, that gets that gets to be a challenge to live out that kind of role of various elected positions. So the admin model uh, has its, its purpose, involves a lot of people, but it's also a lot of permission giving from a lot of different people. Policy-based governance works really well, but you need to have a strong staff and a very trusting uh, organization that, that says we're going to empower um, we're going to empower our staff to take care of day-to-day operations. So, uh, anything that you would add to that that, that would well, provide some more clarity? Yeah, no, I I think that summarizes it well. And as I remember in going through ministry, uh, so many people were using the Abdon model, and then things changed, and we became a lot of churches more staff-driven, driven. So the policy-based governance made more sense. Uh, but now things have changed in a different way. Our congregations haven't been necessarily getting larger, but uh, for smaller. And so for a lot of congregations, the policy-based governance just does not fit. If you don't have a staff, if your church has a pastor, maybe in a, a secretary and a musician, the policy-based governance just won't pa- uh, uh, work. And, and Abdon becomes just unwieldy uh, if you don't have 120 people to elect to the different positions. And so we want to think a little bit about what 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 next, um, right. especially if our, a lot of our congregations are smaller. I want to say this out loud. Uh, small does not mean dying. We have to make sure that small and dying don't become synonymous. Uh, the key for smaller congregations, whether they're now medium-sized or, or uh, really small, is to deal with the reality of their size uh, and at the same time, not ignore the organizational uh, implications of that because we, ha- we have to be able to do things decently and in order. Um, and so in, in our conversation with, and with Galvin, Jim Galvin as well, it was how might we uh, think about organization as the count congregations have had some decline? Right. And and just the the you need to have an efficient system that uh, the governance model always must be the servant of of the ministry. Uh, if it becomes the ministry, either way, if it's you know staff driven by uh, policy based governance or it's uh, you know a broad converse, uh, congregation uh, led ministry like the Abden model, lots of people involved or lots of volunteers, lots of volunteers, which awesome that's that's great but quite frankly uh it's as congregations age or as they get uh some some in decline they either don't have the staff or don't have the volunteers to to do quote what they used to do in the past but who makes the decision we need to to help congregations feel comfortable about making different decisions about how they govern themselves uh to to increase the trust level to reorder, to right size, all those things. Um, who makes the decisions? Uh, who yeah. gets to make that? So we want to avoid a couple problems, and that's uh, you know hamstringing leadership, uh, pastors and teachers, or or whatever the ministry model is, or of uh, you know out of control power. I, I don't know how to say that except to to say. Uh, or to get nothing done because there's lack yeah. of trust on both sides, you know. So, uh, so how do we make great decisions? And that, that's really what we want to lean into in the next uh, couple of podcasts, I would imagine. 
Yeah. And all of this, I hope people are hearing, is in the context of hope. Uh, decline isn't the same as defeat. Uh, the church might be in some decline, but it certainly isn't in retreat. We're thinking about reordering and right-sizing. Right. And and the church does not equal the, the congregation. I, I want to say that, too, because yeah. the church, capital C, yeah. is not the congregation. The congregation is a part of the church, but it's not the church. And so the, the church is not in decline. Many of our congregations may be in decline or experiencing different realities in their context of ministry, uh, the age of their demographic or, or whatever it might be. Uh, and how can they best uh, carry out their ministry, make great decisions in whatever context they're in so they can be a vibrant part of the church? And so in, in our time together, what we're hoping to do is a uh, little bit, I think this is, to me, this sounds like a, a Rob Casperism. We want to do some permission giving that you don't have to be stuck in the model that you're in. And over the next couple of uh, conversations, uh, you have permission to reorder, to re, uh, to right size, and um, and think about tr transitioning. So in the next one, we'll talk about uh, medium sized congregations, and in the last one of these, we'll talk about some of our smaller congregations. But here's the challenge for all. Uh, anyone that's listening, no matter how big or small your congregation is, uh, we want to move forward. And so we'd challenge you. What are your next three bold moves in ministry as God's kingdom advances in your midst? So thanks for joining. We hope this is helpful. Let me offer up a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for life in congregations. Uh, when you call your people to faith in Jesus, you always call us into a community, and that community always is uh, includes a local congregation. And so we commend the 350-some congregations of our district to your care, guide them to do things decently and in order, uh, doing things efficiently and effectively, all for, for your glory, our good, in the increase of the kingdom. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.